This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and today we're talking about yerba mate. Yes, which is another listener suggestion. So thanks, mm-hmm. Jonathan. Yeah. Um, so I actually don't have a lot of experience with yerba mate. My old roommate loved it. She loved it. She was always trying to convert me. Huh. Um, but I, yeah, I think I've only had it like a handful of times. Uh, me, me as well. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty caffeine sensitive, so I'm really wary of, um, of anything that lists yerba mate as an ingredient, especially in like kind of marketing-y way. Cause I'm like, oh man, I do not know if you put in some kind of extract that's going to make me real wild. Uh, I do not need to vibrate through time and space most days. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, it is <laughs> one of the, uh, one of the many, uh, health foods, health and scare quotes here that I was introduced to at our Thomas Deluxe Grill, um, which yeah. is an Atlanta institution. If you are unaware, this is a 24 hour diner near downtown that, has like a lot of like like raw cultured veg and like cashew cheese and quinoa and free range eggs and all these menu items that explain why they're good for you. But it's a 24 hour diner and like also has caged parrots lining the walkway into yeah. the patio. Um, it's one of the very few places I've ever had a complete and lovely breakfast. Um, still in my like goth clubbing gear 
alongside a bunch of uh, ladies in like lovely church hats. So <laughs> that does pretty much capture our Thomas. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the foods that our Thomas introduced me to, like full of like of like probably like soy milk and apple juice and much 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 diluted. Um yes. I've never had it just straight. So I don't think I've ever had it properly straight now that we've done this episode. Oh, me neither. Yeah. And then uh, I learned how you're supposed to drink it. I don't think I've ever done that. Um I've done the like Americanized tea bag version. Yeah, I'm going to have to go get some because this, this it was strange. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I've never really had this food, but now I'm experiencing a craving for it after reading about it all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's mm-hmm. get to our question. Yerba mate. What is it? Well, uh, yerba mate is a, a plant out of which... Teas and other infusions are made. Um, it's an evergreen tree or shrub. Um, botanical name, um, I think it's Illic uh, paraguariensis. Yes, I'm going to go with Illic paraguariensis. Um, yes, uh, Illic being the holly genus. Um, and yeah, this plant similarly has these shiny green leaves and little red berries. Um, the leaves are, are broad and smooth edged, um, unlike the prickly European holly that we're used to seeing in like, like Christmas decorations and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yerba mate is a uh, subtropical. It's native to South America, hence the species name, and usually grows some, well, it can grow some like 20 to 30 feet, six to nine meters tall. It's more shrub shaped than being tree shaped. Anyway, uh, you you pick the leaves um, and and the stems. The the leaves are called uh, yerba, which means herb. Um, and yerba, by the way, is a super American pronunciation. Um, in Spanish, it's closer to like zerba, and mm-hmm. in Portuguese, it's closer to erva. So, I'm gonna keep using the American pronunciation because it's pretty ingrained at this juncture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apologies to anyone who's like just linguistically offended. Um, but so, yeah, you, you, you take the leaves and you dry them out, uh, chop them or grind them, age them, and then from this product, finally make an infusion. Um, first by soaking them in cold or slightly warm water, and then by adding hot water, not boiling, never boiling. Never. <laughs> never. And, uh, and that drink that you get is called mate. And yeah, yeah, that, that drink is a, a strong, bitter, kind of herbal vegetal tea that has a lot of tannin to it. And again, I've never had it straight, so I can't speak really like specifically and personally to the flavor, but this is what I read. You can also serve it iced. And you can brew mate with any number of other herbs or add sweeteners or milk or juice or fruit, Um, though the the straight-up version, either hot or iced, is probably the most common around South America. You're more likely to find it sweetened or flavored in the U.S. and other places where it's kind of spread out. Or sometimes, I read, in very fancy households, they will have like one yerba set for sweetened and one for unsweetened. Whoa. All done up in silver and like and like gold filigree and all anyway. Um <laughs> it could, but yeah, um as Annie said, it can even come in like tea bags or in like instant powdered form. And there is this whole kit and an etiquette to the traditional preparation. This is a drink that's generally meant to be shared around a circle of friends. And this is a big social thing around Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay, and surrounding areas. 
And again, I have not experienced this, but from what I understand, that the host or the server does all the preparation. Don't anyone else mess with the preparation. Um, the serving vessel um, was originally a hollowed and dried gourd, sort, sort of smallish, like apple-sized and a little bit oblong, although uh, metal and wood and ceramic cups of varying fanciness are available too. Um, this container is also called a mate. And so, okay, so the, so the server carefully adds the yerba, uh, soaks it, and then adds the hot water, and uh, and adds a specialized straw called a bombilla that has a sort of a filter pod uh, on the end that you put into the cup that keeps the grinds of, of, of yerba out of the straw as you sip. Um, the bombilla can be uh, made of metal or bamboo, and it looks a, a little bit like, a, like an in-cup tea infuser, mm-hmm. except, you know, the, the yerba will be on the outside of it rather than the inside. Oh, anyway. Wow. Uh, The server then drinks the first cup uh, and then refills the hot water and passes it on to a guest. And in that way, it's passed around to everyone with a fresh infusion for every guest. Um, And there are whole kinds of specifics about how to add the yerba and the water, how to pass the cup around the group, all that kind of stuff. I love this, and it makes me anxious. Like, like kind of like an anxious, like in a nice way. Like, I like I yeah. really hope that sometime in the future, I get to like go muck this up, and yeah. some kind humans will forgive me, and we'll all laugh about it. Yeah, I really loved reading about this whole social aspect of having yeah. yerba mate. I was totally unaware of that, and uh, very much wanted to to take part in one one day. Yeah, I um, I had heard a little bit. I, I have a friend whose family is from Argentina, and so so I'd heard a tiny bit about it from him. But I was always just like, "That's a weird straw, cool." Like I, yeah, like <laughs> I, I never got that deep into it. Um, uh, t- to be to be fair, he he never like showed me the ceremony or anything like that. Anyway, anyway, um, and, and you can. It does not have to be an entire ceremonial thing. You, you can just make a craft for yourself to go, um, or you know, get one iced from a street vendor, especially out in hot beachy areas, or do it however you like. Yeah, options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the nutrition? Well, <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yerba mate contains a lot of compounds that do stuff in our bodies, um, including uh, caffeol compounds, um, xanthines, flavonoids, tannins, smattering of vitamins and minerals. Of course, um, how much of any of that that you actually get is going to depend on how you brew it. Um, but in terms of caffeine alone, like a single serving has about the same amount of caffeine as a cup of black tea. Yeah. It's a relatively small serving, though. You can, okay. <laughs> you you can uh, if if you're drinking a whole lot of it, you can you can really amp up. Hmm. Um, and as I uh, implied at the top, yerba mate is considered a healthy drink by a lot of folks. Um, it's been considered medicinal or at least like constitutional for pretty much ever. Um, and there are a lot of studies into the way that all of those compounds in yerba mate affect human bodies, um, and it's been found to have effects from antioxidant to anti-obesity to anti-diabetic to pro-cardiovascular to anti-cancer to antimicrobial. But as with any food, our bodies are complicated. More research needs to be done. Um, you know, like if you like it, drink it. Um, but consult a doctor before adding a medicinal dose of any food to your diet, um, especially where extracts are concerned. Yeah. Always, always. Mm-hmm. hmm But we have some numbers for you. We do. Millions of South Americans drink over a liter of yerba mate 
a day. Argentina is the largest producer, and an estimated annual 250,000 tons of yerba mate is consumed every year in Argentina. And in 2013, it was named a national infusion there. Yeah, um, it is more popular there um, and in Paraguay and Uruguay than tea or coffee. As of 2015, South America was consuming about 87% of the global production of yerba mate, some uh, some 328,000 metric tons per year. And Argentina is the biggest exporter, too, sending out some 30,000 metric tons per year. And it's a growing market around the world as, uh, as more major producers export it and as more people learn about it. Uh, a recent report from uh, Technavio uh, <laughs> as of April, I don't know. As of April of 2020, um, they estimated that the market growth will accelerate in the next few years, growing by almost $225 million uh, between now and 2023. Um, And a report from April of 2019 from 360 Research Reports estimated that the total value of the market will reach about um, $1.8 billion by 2024. Wow. Yeah, lots of yerba mate. Yikes. Um, Yerba mate is also really popular in the Middle East, particularly in Syria and Lebanon, and we'll have more on that in our history section. And speaking of that history section, we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. 
Yes, thank you. So before we get into this one, I just want to say there's kind of a weirdness in the research. Also, it gets a little grim, so just heads up on that. Um, Yeah, colonization. It sucked. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not good. Normally, when I'm, like, looking up the history of something, maybe I can't get a specific date, but at least there's, like, kind of a range. Like a time? Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, like over the period of, like, a couple centuries or maybe a millennia or something like that. Yeah, and I have have a whole method because— this might be news to some listeners, but I have I, a whole thing with numbers. So I'll do, I do like, if I can find in the first eight pages of Google search, those are all my tabs. And then I'll try eight more pages after that with different search terms. Normally within the first eight pages, I'm going to find this information. I never found this information at all. Not wow. at all. So I can tell you that yerba mate, the plant, originated in South American rainforest. When? Hmm. I feel like it's probably pretty old. <laughs> yes. I, I, everything similarly that I read, uh, not, not quite by the same process <laughs> of, of information finding. But yeah, it was just like, well, it was there before uh, any colonists got there, so no one knows. Yeah, I don't know if it's a thing, because sometimes when we research in, um, uh, something from not an English-speaking country that mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that's the thing is I, I'm not finding the results because they don't really exist in English. Um, that's a possibility, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, almost everything I found just started when people were drinking it. So, all right, disclaimer aside, going back at least to the 16th century, The Guarani people of northern Argentina and the Tupi people of southern Brazil traditionally drank yerba mate medicinally, believing it granted vitality, longevity, and energy. They viewed the the tree itself as sacred, a gift from the gods, and used the drink in rituals. Some people even chewed on the leaves as a stimulant during long marches. Stimulation energy was a big part of this whole drinking it and chewing on the leaves. Um, And mate was typically kept in clay pots and hollow reeds or bulbs were used as the bombillas. The Guarani people had many, many legends about mate. One tied mate preparation and drinking to the moon goddess. The story goes that the moon desperately wanted to see all of the beauties of the jungle, that the sun would tell her about things that she couldn't see when it was dark. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. So one day, she visited Earth in the form of a human woman and was almost immediately attacked by a jaguar, because, you know— Oh, no! um, (laughs) Yes. But a Guarani warrior intervened and saved her— In gratitude, she bestowed the Guarani people with Yerba Mate. So that's one. Then there's the legend of the Guarani, which also told the tale of Yerba Mate. In this story, the god Paishume, um, couldn't find the pronunciation for that, gave it my best attempt, um, Mm -hmm. introduced the Guarani to toasting and drinking Yerba Mate, After a shaman gave an aging Guarani man the plant, along with the method of properly preparing it, harvesting the leaves, drying them over fire, grinding them up, and combining with water in a nice gourd, Um, once the aging man drinks it, he is instantly revitalized and gains 
all these new strengths. He then convinces his daughter to accompany him on a quest to find their nomadic ancestors. Oh, cool. Yes. And then there's at least one more, the Tupi Brothers legend. Um, Through a series of feuds and fights, the Tupi Brothers parted ways, each going on to form their own tribe, the Tupi tribe and the Guarani tribe. The Tupi tribe became nomadic and generally more intense. The God-fearing Guarani tribe, on the other hand, focused on farming and craftspersonship. Um, That same god I mentioned earlier gifted them with the knowledge of plants and herbs and the medicinal uses of those plants and herbs. And they, the Guarani people, viewed this as a reward for their values and their sort of God-fearing community nature. So, lots of stories and legends. Mm Mm-hmm. The Guarani traded yerba mate for other goods from neighboring tribes, and the popularity of the drink spread through South America fairly rapidly. As we move into the 17th century, yerba mate was the Guarani people's primary export commodity, surpassing other popular products like tobacco, sugar, cocoa, and wine. Wow. Yeah. While exploring South America in 1526, Italian voyager Sebastian Cabot encountered the evergreen plant behind Yerba Mate. As the first Spanish missionaries and colonists began arriving, they were disappointed that they couldn't find any valuable minerals. Many of them left, but some stayed and settled alongside the Guarani. The colonists observed the Guarani people drinking yerba mate and believed that this drink was behind their good health, which was a belief that was also shared by the Guarani. Eager for these health benefits, the colonists adopted the practice of drinking the beverage and claimed that doing so raised their spirits and improved their general health. The Jesuit missionaries in South America, who began arriving in 1549, were suspicious of the drink and its popularity and the ritualistic consumption and legends behind its origin. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. They believed the drink got in the way of their spreading Christianity. So in 1616, they banned what they called the demonic drink within Jesuit territories. They viewed it as a vice. One Jesuit priest wrote, All Spaniards, men and women, and all Indians drink these dust in hot water. And when they don't have with what to buy it, they give away their underpants and their blankets. When they stop drinking it, they fade away and say they cannot live. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Violators were excommunicated. A Dominican priest took it even further, declaring the drink was an aphrodisiac, which was bad. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Despite that, people didn't stop consuming it, and this whole thing backfired when it came to converting folks to Christianity. This led to the Jesuits getting rid of the ban. They also came around to the idea that it was a good substitute for alcohol and that alcohol was worse. Um, And Mm -hmm. repurposing the legend, all these legends, to conform with Christianity, replacing the Guarani Holy Spirit with the Spanish St. Thomas. This shifting of the story is sometimes referred to as Yerba Missionera. When the Jesuits accepted yerba mate, consumption only continued to increase. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, a trend which only kept going after Spanish royalty agreed to allow the Jesuits to grow and export the product, largely relying on the indigenous population to harvest it. Mm-hmm. Seeing the commercial potential of yerba mate, the Jesuits pushed for large-scale farming on plantations. To do that, they had to domesticate it, which was easier said than done. 
The Jesuits and some other people who kind of kept the secret to themselves, but the Jesuits figured that out that in order for the seeds to germinate, they first had to pass through the digestive tracts of birds or, or some similar environment like that. This discovery made possible the domestication of the plant between the 1650s and the 1670s. And this led to a marked increase and exploitation of commercial markets along with the horrific treatment of the indigenous people, forcing them to harvest the crops from start to finish, making them destroy the farm, their forest as demand increased. And this is one of the most brutal periods of forced labor in history. Many people mm-hmm. died under these harsh conditions. Further, the Jesuits rebranded the product as Jesuit tea. No. Yeah. From demon tea to Jesuit tea. That's that's Once that money comes in. mm -hmm. Uh It was their most profitable business. They used the crop as a currency and a way to cover taxes and essentials. It became a staple drink throughout 1650 to 1767 in South America. While the product did not enter the European market at the time, it was accepted among wealthy Europeans living on the continent. In 1767, mate plantations were left untended after Colorus III banished the Jesuits, and the locals returned to the old ways of harvesting mate from the wild. Free trade reforms like the the Bourbon Reform of 1778 and the 1980 tax reforms much later opened the world market of mate, particularly um, in Europe at first. Mm -hmm. Other countries joined in on yerba mate production and exportation, Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, until the Paraguayan War, the War of the Triple Alliance in 1864 to 1870, and Uruguay. Stepping back a bit, the scientific name for yerba mate was determined by French naturalist Augustine Saint-Hilaire in 1819. In Charles Darwin's 1839, The Voyage of the Beagle, he wrote, When it was dark, we made a fire beneath a little arbor of bamboos, fried our charqui, our dried slips of beef, took our mate, and were quite comfortable. Hmm. A Spanish musician named Santiago Ramos wrote, Toma mate che, drink mate che, in 1857, making it one of the first tango-like songs. Huh. Some of the lyrics went, A girl said when she saw me, This porteño kills me. Drink mate che, drink mate. Here on the river plate, we don't do chocolate. I love that. <laughs> we don't need chocolate here. Mate. Uh, oh, that's that's probably really cute in in the in the Spanish because yeah. it's probably the river plate. We don't do chocolate. Yeah. Drink mate. <laughs> oh yay! Oh, I love it. I do too. As far as yerba mate and the Middle East, that history goes back to the first Arab immigrants to South America in 1860, which happened to be at the same time the then emperor of Brazil paid Lebanon a visit. As a result, the rate of immigration between the Middle East and South America went up. On top of that, there was a wave of Syrian and Lebanese immigrants fleeing persecution, arriving to South America. There was another wave in 1940 when those same groups were drafted to fight for their colonizer France in World War II. Uh, Meanwhile, consumption of yerba mate was still mostly local and had not bounced back to um, to, uh, Jesuit-era levels quite yet. Um, Argentina's harvest in 1914 was just 1,000 tons, but it would jump in the coming decades. 
Yes. Despite some serious ups and downs, Argentina was the biggest producer and exporter in 1929. Around this time is also when a lot of immigrants from economically struggling East Europe arrived in the country, and through that, the Eastern European market for yerba mate opened, particularly in Poland and Ukraine, a legacy that remains to this day. Once profitable oil was discovered in the Middle East in the 1970s, many of the Middle Eastern immigrants who had arrived to South America made the journey back, and they brought yerba mate with them. Syria was the top importer of Argentine yerba mate until the Syrian Civil War. Uh, Yeah, uh, Argentina's exports quadrupled from 1976 to 1988 to um, 12,000 tons a year, just exports alone. Um, and, uh, and that brings us more, more or less to today, although I wanted to, I wanted to kind of end on this, uh, quote from the LA Times, um, who, who in turn is quoting, um, a, a mate scholar, Ooh. apparently, <laughs> by the name of, uh, Frederico Oberte, uh, who wrote in a 1971 book about Yerba Mate, quote, mate is a powerful bond without sinews. It is a tender love without kisses or caresses, a warmth without flames, a friendly offering. Mate always unites and equalizes those who drink it, inculcating calm and pacific inclinations. Oh, that's lovely. Right? Oh. Uh, without kisses or caresses. <laughs> bond without sinews. I'm like, what? Okay. Schnikes. Wow. I need to drink this. I know. Huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just a, a lot of the a lot of the accounts, like personal accounts that I was reading, were were just about family traditions of you know if you're sitting around with your family, you're just kind of like constantly drinking this stuff, and that it's sort of a sort of an underpinning for the rest of your um, social activities and your day, and it just kind of gives you that pep and makes you feel nice, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Definitely looking forward to experiencing that one day. Mm-hmm. I do feel like in the U.S. there was a pretty recent, I don't know, discovery or, or all of a sudden. Like explosion of, yeah. yeah. Like I was hearing about it all the time. Yeah. Like all of a sudden all these energy drinks are like, now with your mate. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Okay, that's sure. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I made the unfortunate mistake when my... My roommate, she's my college roommate that loved it. She would just have, like, the leaves loose in a bag. I thought it was, like, oregano or something. Oh, friend. Oh, boy. She wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. Did you make some, like, really bitter caffeinated, like, pasta or something? Like, (laughs) I used chicken. I used it as, like, a coating. (laughs) This is why I need you, Laura. This is why I send you texts. Like, what is this thing? It's because I've been burned before. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I, you know, anytime I can help you out. <laughs> I sincerely appreciate it. I have made many errors in my day. <laughs> <laughs> we we all have. We all have. It's okay. It's okay. That's the that's the human condition. We uh we 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 learn and we continue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We must move forward. <laughs> Can't let my yerba mate mistakes hold me back for the rest of my life. Never, never, <laughs> never. Well, that's about what we have to say about yerba mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a little bit more for you, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Mm-hmm. 
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener, listener Mail. It's like fun caffeine times. Yeah. <laughs> caffeine party. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've Not like one of those bad caffeine parties. Like one of those good caffeine yeah, parties. Yeah, one of those kind of like slow, relaxing, chill caffeine yeah. yeah. Yeah, where it just it just really vibes with your ADHD and makes you get more stuff done. Yeah, that's, that's what we want. That's all that's we want. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Kit wrote... About our sauerkraut episode, the sauerkraut festival made me both laugh and groan as I was born and raised in Cincinnati and a day trip to the sauerkraut festival is among my least favorite childhood (laughs) memories. I was about six at the time and my older sister would have been 13. How my mom managed to drag us and my dad to the festival given that we all decidedly loathe sauerkraut with the burning passion of a thousand suns, I will never know. But drag she did. It was October, but I remember the day being fairly warm. It was obvious when we got close to the festival site. Not from the throngs of people, but from the smell. (laughs) It was horrible. Usually my parents didn't let us complain much, but since my dad was complaining too, there wasn't much my mom could do about my sisters and my whining. Mom was so happy going from booth to booth tasting items, though she did tend to get miffed that she had no one to share larger items with. My sister and I just kept dreading the moment when our mom would finally enforce the one rule she'd made and our dad was helpless to save us from. We had to try one thing. 
Don't get me wrong. We grew up eating plenty of things we didn't like. But sauerkraut is something that to this day, you couldn't pay my sister, my dad, or me to eat. No $10 (laughs) bill would come close to persuading me to eat even a small bite. And I'm 36 and have a mortgage. (laughs) Finally, that dreaded moment came. Mom found a food she didn't think could be that bad. Sauerkraut donut holes. Let me clear up any misconceptions right now. They were worse than they sound. Despite the oil and powdered sugar, the vinegar was still incredibly identifiable and tasted particularly putrid when mixed with the powdered sugar and frying oil. Not only that, but the donut holes were essentially filled with sauerkraut rather than mixed with. So just inside the thin crust was the extremely slimy shredded cabbage that had essentially managed to just hold on to a whole bunch of that frying oil. Mom thought we were exaggerating and made us eat the whole donut hole and swallow it. There wasn't enough pop in the world to wash those two bites from hell down with. Never will I ever voluntarily eat sauerkraut, and never will I ever again go to the sauerkraut festival in Waynesville, Ohio, or anywhere else, for that matter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I I mean, I'm sorry about this traumatic memory, but... I love it. It's so strong. And, you know, sauerkraut donut holes is a very bold choice, I have to say. Right? Like, I mean, I, I again, like, I feel like she meant well. Like, she was thinking, oh, man, like, sauerkraut cake can be just okay. So right. probably this will be similar. And it mm-hmm. wasn't. It and wasn't. she was very wrong. And you were the <laughs> one who suffered for it. <laughs> yeah, I can see being a parent, like, well, it's donuts. Donuts. <laughs> you like donuts? I, I right? Like, I mean, and I have definitely had donuts that have vinegar in them, but I've never had donuts that had cabbage in them. Yeah. But Me you know. neither. I had to think about it. I don't think I have. Gosh, I've eaten a lot of food. <laughs> it's possible. I, I, I'm pretty firm. I have had cabbage in Jello, but I, I've not had it. In donuts. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. I did have sauerkraut for the first time last night. Oh, or, or yeah? knowingly first time. Yeah. Was, uh, was it like with a dish or did you just like buy a bag of sauerkraut and then kind of dig in? I bought a bag like right before all this started, quarantining. Oh, and okay. It, and then I was like, oh, wow, that was perfect timing because I'm just going to, if I ever run out of food, I'll have the sauerkraut. And I ate it with... um. <laughs> A Beyond Burger. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it was really good. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of cuts the fat and the salt. That's nice. Yeah, Yeah. come on. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dug it. Uh, Oh, also, um, my my family, half of my family is from Ohio, and they say pop, and so it it makes me really happy when when people (laughs) use that term for for soda pop. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) uh, Rob wrote... Love the podcast. Your recent cast about sauerkraut reminded me of a time long ago when I was visiting with my grandmother. She was of German descent, her parents having come here at the end of the 19th century. And during this visit, she made a dish which I had never had before or since. It was kielbasa with a side of sauerkraut with caraway seeds. As a very young boy, I was amazed at the confluence of flavors and aromas. I don't know whether she made the kraut herself or just used some store-bought version and added the caraway, but it was magnificent. I'd had sauerkraut before this and many times after, 
but this is one of the rare times in my life that I remember eating a specific thing. I want to thank you for taking me down memory lane, uh, both of the meal and my grandmother. She was one of the sweetest people I ever met, and I miss her dearly. Keep up the great work, stay well, and stay silly. It's my favorite part of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, yeah. I don't think we could stop if we tried to, but you're welcome. I think we're getting sillier (laughs) by the day. We are. People are like, was that show about a food or just species and mimic? Like, well, that's hard to say. Well, yep, yep. (laughs) Really, only quarantine can tell us. And... (laughs) But I do love this. I love the power of food to have these memories uh, yeah. and have these, like, really specific food moments, which I've definitely— Like, strong scent and flavor memories, right? Yeah. And I also thought it was great to counterbalance where you can see someone's strong dislove <laughs> of something and someone's strong love of something. Yes. We're yes. all— they- Thank you. Good, good curation, as always, good curation of, of listener mail, Annie. Thank you. <laughs> well, the amazing listeners make it easy. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Thanks to both of them for writing in. Yeah. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saberpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.